and welcome to the Face Downs, your source for TCG news and all things Yu-Gi-Oh! discussion, pro plays. I'm your host, Lucas. I'm Ruben, and we have our amazing revolving guest once uh, again. The rotating seat has never been rotating. hotter. It's Joe, baby. It's Joe, once again, <laughs> hello and welcome. How are you doing, Joe? Not too bad. Um, One of these days, can good. you just introduce yourself by a different name and just we'll pretend it's a new... Yeah, so Steve nice to this week. you, Steve. Yo, it's Steve, yeah. my yeah. guy. <laughs> no, not too bad. Old Steve, everybody knows him. I think we're um, all running on... Um, all a bit run down this week, but I'm sure we'll be able to get a good podcast yeah, out. Yeah, um, the listeners can't tell. I have a, a slightly uh, blocked nose, so, yeah, you know. I've been up with a, virus. a new puppy. The Squidward-like voice that I've put on. The last two nights I've been up with the, the new puppy that we just got oh home Oh my on God, Friday, yeah. We so. do have, you know, we can do a little update for the people who care about the livelihood and well-beings. Uh, Joe did recently welcome a new member into it's the McDonald family. baby. It's yeah. so cute. It is cute, and but it, it, yeah. Nighttime is, is still a bit of a... Uh, oh, it's a, a shit, right? Or, it, yeah, it, it just it bites is, yeah. you and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But no, we'll get there. We'll get there. Anyway. Uh, well, speaking of terrifying monsters... Uh, <laughs> today's topic... Today's topic is boss monsters, and specifically what makes a boss monster, and what we think, you know, kind of are the quintessential boss monsters of Yu-Gi-Oh!, I suppose from a strategy perspective, we could say like, oh, it's to teach you how to properly analyze a card for the going formats. But really, we just want to talk about cool old cards uh, yeah. and you can't stop us. So, yeah, I guess to introduce the topic, we were each going to talk about what we think defines a boss monster. It's sort of a word we hear a lot, you know, thrown around, but yeah. no one ever really stops to think what exactly it is. Because, you know, is, is Bujin Yamato a boss monster? I mean, kind of, but not really. So, yeah, Joe, do you want to start us off? Just tell us what you think, you know, with your history with Yu-Gi-Oh, like you think of as a boss monster in Yu-Gi-Oh? So for me, like boss monsters have always been those cards that are like the ones you fear in a format, like the ones that you, you need to almost add cards to a side or even main board cards to get rid of. Like the ones that stand out for me are like uh, Towers, uh, Light and Darkness Dragon was even one, and, that, that, and that's a really old card. Um, but like... At the moment, we've got Dragoon. Like, the, the, there's cards that you just need to be aware of. That I, I've always seen them as, like, th that sort of thing. But I, I do know that they also could be defined as, like, each archetype kind of has its own boss monster. And a lot of the time we hear players talking about, like, kind of the finishing cards, like Access Code Talker as a boss monster too, where there, there's a very open definition with it. But, but my kind of feeling with it is a card that kind of def defines a whole format or defines at least a deck. It's almost like, uh, you know, your boss monster is, is how Yu-Gi-Oh cards kind of take on a life bigger than themselves. Like you just called Towers Towers. Yeah. Uh, instead yeah. of its full name, because we all know of our Towers, what a Towers is. Uh, yeah. But its real name is Apocalypse Towers because it was a card that legitimately saw play and sort of redefined how you have to build a side deck because Can You and Out Towers became like a really reasonable... Uh, we can talk about what a towers is later, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but that, that, yeah. that's my sort of definition of it, anyway. I don't know what Ruben would have to say. Yeah, about Ruben, it, what do you think more of a boss monster? <laughs> boss monsters are super interesting. I, I think initially when we kind of discussed this conversation, I went, okay, like archetypal. You think of an archetype, they belong within an archetype. Like, you know, there's a huge discussion that you can have. We can potentially have later on discussing like the difference between like boss monsters and closers or finishers. You know monsters that you know see a lot more unique utility and versatility in the meta as opposed to something that is you know archetypally locked for you know a, a dick and you know not something that you can just splash in for everything i agree with joe that it, i think boss monsters are things you have to build around um their existence you know it's not something you can just ignore because you are sooner or later going to be exposed to and probably lose to uh something that a boss monster you know someone's boss monster that they present and i think that you uh like boss monsters are also acknowledged by the community like they are things that you know it is a it is a card it's a you know a monster in the game that people see hear about and go yeah that's a boss monster that is yeah. what you want to be ending on that is what you want to be summoning that is how you want to be playing around the sort of thing I that think, makes yeah. people scoop almost when they some of them yeah. anyway in the past you know Absolutely. if they don't have the out that's it game over you know yep yeah, absolutely. What's your a boss monster? Mystic Mine? No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, don't kind of, I mean, kind of. That's why the definition is so loose. It, it yeah, kind of is it the is. boss monster of the Mystic Mine archetype, of which yeah. there is one card. 
And for you, how would you describe a boss monster, Lucas? I, I agree with both of you. I think you both make good points. I also want to... I think I'm a bit holistic about a boss monster. Personally, I think a boss monster needs to be a big... Just a big chungus of a monster. Like, I'm talking giant dragons. I'm talking big robots. Like, I always think of a boss monster to me like has an aesthetic to it that I think matters. I mean, if you think about the iconic boss monsters, they're, e- they're either giant dragons, big ass robots, you know, buff warriors. Like they're always these like really imposing cards, even though like technically Sky Striker Ace Ray does more than most boss monsters ever accomplish. I don't really want to call her a boss monster because it's just kind of like this average stat line, you know, searchable warrior. Like I need it to be your dark arm dragons, uh, and and light and darkness dragons and mm. i guess that's kind of like a bit childish but you know it kind of matters no, I, and I think, I think you're right there like sorry i think to the stat line matters i think the stat line totally matters i think it, it needs to have big attack uh, it can't just be something you can beat over and and be done with so cards like thunder king ryo i don't think count despite being like a house of a card i don't consider it a boss monster because you can just normal a guy and beat over it uh, and I also think that the boss monster itself needs to be able to win a game on its own uh, if you leave it alone. So it can't be something that like is very oppressive, but is just a floodgate. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't consider a card like Sanifond a boss monster, even though it's like a really oppressive card. It doesn't really do anything. It just sits there and says, nah, or like mm-hmm. Abyss Dweller, things like that. Yeah, I mean, how think- many times have you lost to an Abyss Dweller, but it never feels like you died to a dex boss monster <laughs> one, one thing that i thought of there just as you were talking sorry um was that you're right with like sky striker ray like that i would consider that more like the key card of the deck not so much a boss yeah. monster mm. like a boss the, monster the... is not just a key card it has yeah. to be a big ass boss and it's also usually a one-off and it's yeah. also like a generally unsearchable or otherwise like extremely difficult to summon thing uh, I think those all matter because otherwise a card is just a good card, right? Like Stratos mm. is not a boss monster, uh, even though it's like one of the best cards throughout all of Yu-Gi-Oh's history. It just isn't because it's so easy to access. It's so easy to just repeat and see over and over again. It doesn't feel special. Uh, yeah, I also 100%. think a boss monster has to be a card you don't get rid of. Um, so I would discount kind of cards that are part of a combo, even if they're really strong. And it's just mm. something that exists to help you pop off and then you kind of get rid of it. I don't think that's like particularly worthy, mm. which discounts a lot of the cards in an archetype that do a lot, but are just kind of there to get rid of like uh, some throwaway link monsters. Auroradon is a good example. Like no one ends on Auroradon, even though it's like an individually really strong card. Yeah. I think as well, like cards, uh, you might disagree with this, but like a card like Dante, he he is a big monster he's in Burning yeah. But is he really a boss monster? He's not really. Like He's a massive engine piece for the deck, and he is really hard to get rid of in the fact that he floats back, but himself as a boss, like he, you, you can get around him, right? Like I'm he, not afraid of Dante. You're not right? afraid of yeah. him, no. Yeah. Like you always feared, you know, not that I played back then, but like a JD hitting the field, a Judgment oh, yeah. Dragon. That's it. You just know the game is over the minute that big idiot hits the field and you, you have your entire board wipe. So I guess... We have a huge list of boss monsters. Do we want to like talk about some of the historical incidents of boss monsters? Joe, you've been playing longer than us, obviously. Yeah, you I played think... when Dark Arm Dragon and Light and Darkness Dragon were around. So I think you wanted to touch yes. on those maybe as like the prototypes or the like the early history yeah. of boss monsters. The OGs. I remember just Light and Darkness Dragon was huge because like it, it it was such a big body that you had to like waste cards to get rid of, and then by then you've lost all your advantage. I know it went both ways, but like if you, the play, you know, it, it was a boss monster that forced each player to like make the choice of like, okay, who's gonna waste the cards to get rid of it? It was huge. Like it it it, it changed a lot of the game back then. Like um, I remember it came out and it, and I believe it was like some kind of promo. When it first came yeah, out. so it would be have wrong. been. Oh, sorry, I'm just pulling up uh, history for those for those who are interested. So it was a Yu-Gi-Oh GX manga promo, uh, yeah. or a Retro Pack Two Secret Rare would have wow. been, or Dark Revelation Four, but I believe that would have been later. Oh, also, Retro Packs Two Super Rare, a Secret Rare is like a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as far as card art goes for it, it was big boss monster looking, and it was awesome. Like, it was dude. it was cool. Um, the next one that kind of stood out to me, I obviously missed a few formats. I missed all like the Lagia Dolka and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. But for me, it would probably be like Towers, like as the next huge one. Apocalypse for... Fort Towers. Yeah, like yeah, that that was massive. That 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 was 
I mean, Towers Turbo it had its problems of being kind of a bit like you know the one trick kind of thing. But if if you didn't have the Alpha Towers, that was it. You were done. Like you you lost you lost the game. Like yeah, the biggest thing that struggled with it. I'm yeah, and I think thing. notably in terms of you know we discuss you know Apocalypse Towers, and I mean there's some really good videos of like cards that have impacted how you describe cards like you know decks having mm. a rotor for the archetype a reinforcement yeah. of the army towers coined the term of apocryphal towers coined the term of having a quote-unquote towers boss monster so i think what makes a towers boss monster is i believe that you know that second line of text on apocryphal towers saying unaffected yeah. by spell yeah. traps and monster effects of monsters that have a lower level slash rank yeah so that's huge that would anything unprecedented yeah and like another major one is usually around targeting as well like uh, like yeah. that's a huge thing in a boss monster too um the last one that i'll talk about for now um was masterpiece and like for me i feel like he is still to this day the biggest it's like boss the monster. boss monster he yeah. is the one like um he he was made because the format was so like broken because of uh, zoo and that like he he was literally made to counteract everything and he did it almost too well this, this is arguably the boss monster designed during the most powerful format of Yu-Gi-Oh, right like yeah, absolutely if we to think of a boss monster it. now is designed to compete with the decks now you know the, the boss monsters they were printing there are just another league like if you were yeah. printing a card now that that counted full power uh zodiac like what the hell do you print you print a card that just says uh you can activate this from hand uh, during either player's turn, your opponent just can't summon monsters, uh, destroy their entire field, and rip two cards out of their hand. And the Zodiac player is like, sure. Oh, and by the I'm way, good. it's unaffected by whatever you tribute for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that like, spells, and even traps, that, yeah. Losses, yeah. But yeah, that's so essentially it... what Masterpiece said, because uh, Masterpiece, I guess we should describe the cards we're talking about. Yeah. Masterpiece, the true Draco Slaying King, is a true Draco Slaying, uh, I guess, true Draco archetype monster that is searchable within the true Draco. Uh, archetype with something like dragonic diagram or maiden or majesty yeah. maiden and its effect is quite simply you contribute to summon this card using spells and traps as well as monsters and it is unaffected by the types of cards you use for its tribute summon yeah and uh, it is a two tribute yeah. monster so effectively you can make it immune to spell traps immune to trap monsters or immune to spell monsters and it has an effect that you can banish continuous spells and traps from your graveyard to quick effect Destroy one card your opponent controls. One other card on the field. Just one other card on the field. Sure. Yeah. So it's like a self-protecting, also protected removal spell with 2,950 attack. <laughs> it's it's well, unbelievable. It's made 3450 because it was 3250 because of diagram. with diagram and it can't be destroyed by battle the first time it would be. Yep. So effectively the end of the game on legs. <laughs> really. Yep. Uh, and the only way to prevent this guy was to like stick a solemn effect or some kind of like meaningful summon negation because there wasn't any way to interact with it after it was summoned uh monarch stormforth mm. was the yeah that, like, that was the card sided and stuff yeah and kaiju i think were around at that time too they were around kaiju yeah, were, yeah so, so yeah, like had but, but that that is what i mean when it comes to a boss monster that literally it forced the other player to at least side deck kaijus or side deck monarch stormforth just to get rid of the card like it, it, it was, it was that big. Like if you didn't have the out, you you mm. lost. Like you, you sat there and just it's watched. It's the be all end all, and and part of the reason that masterpieces banned is how easy it was to get it off. Like yeah. it seems like a difficult summoning requirement until you read the true Draco cards and you go, ah, That's so I can do easy. this turn one every game. Yeah, and the answer is yeah, pretty much. I even think it would be enough to like not not so much bring them back into like tier one contention, but like it will bring True Draco back as a good road deck if it came yep. back, even at one. Well, and I think what you know again, boss monsters. Uh, I think a good boss monster is like the best payoff you can ask for within a deck, and Masterpiece mm -hmm. is incredible payoff. Sure, he doesn't immediately net you a lot of advantage based on like cards. However, the ability to mitigate, you know, having just the text of unaffected is huge, as well as the ability to mitigate any potential threats that your opponent may present due to his quick effect destruction. I'm, I'm correct that people main decked kaijus during this era, right? Yeah, I believe they did. Like, you not, just had not, to. It was a choice. Like, you, a lot of people did. Like, most people did. But, like, you didn't... It was kind of one of those, like, it, it took away from your consistency a little bit. Yeah. So you had to, like, kind of weigh up how many true Draco players do you think are going to be at this tournament? That that, that was... Zoo, like, oh, my consistency, no. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't, it was a rat to two, was that, oh, yeah, was, sorry, was that zoo. Yeah. 
So I think I wanted to talk about, like, I guess taking it back to the start of Yu-Gi-Oh! and how Yu-Gi-Oh! has always been played. Um, the boss monsters aren't a new thing. No. Like, I, was, I even put on the list uh, Blue Eyes and Summon Skull were, like, the original boss monsters because yep. they were sort of cards you could build around. Even back when all we had was LOB, you had decks that played Lord of D and Flute of Summoning Dragon, uh, just like in the anime, to, like, actually pump out, like, kind of inanswerable monsters. You had Fissure and you had Trap Hole, where, like, your only answers to a Blue Eyes. Raigeki. So even then, uh, yeah, Raigeki as well, Dark Hole, etc. But even then, there weren't a lot of, like, you know, the biggest way you remove monsters in Yu-Gi-Oh! is by battling over them. And that's why, to me, a boss monster needs to have that attack stat to make it, like, a, a lingering threat. Something that kind of just inevitably wins you the game if it's left unanswered. Um, but, like, immediately after Blue Eyes, you see the introduction of, like, IOC, uh, cards like Thousand Eyes Restrict, Blackluster Soldier, Envoy of Chaos. You have Chaos Emperor Dragon. Is it Envoy of the End? Yeah, BLS Soldier of the Beginning. Yeah, and, and these cards represent, like, kind of honestly modern boss monster design in a lot of ways you have thousand eyes which is this you know i guess it doesn't have a huge attack stat but it does you know gain the highest attack of your opponent's monster with protection and a floodgate effect you know that to me is similar to something like uh, apocalypse towers where it's this card that just sits there until you deal with it and just kind of you know is a monster that you can use to eat away at the field and it just creates so much advantage and then you have cards like black luster soldier and Chaos Emperor Dragon that are like these huge blowout closers or high-impact cards that the minute you play them, your opponent goes, ah, I'm now losing. You know, now that this is on the field, I'm losing the game until I get rid of it. Uh, whereas something like Thousand Eyes kind of just stalls it out. And I think Towers is like more in the realm of a card that just stalls it out. Like it, it does hit big, uh, but you know, if you can just keep setting monsters in front of it, it doesn't kill you immediately. Uh, whereas a card like... Uh, Masterpiece is kind of like the perfect amalgamation of boss monsters because it sort of does everything. It's a huge attack. It removes threats. It, you know, stops your opponent from playing, etc. You know, that's like the ultimate sort of boss monster in a way. Mm. I, I did want to give some credit, I think, to a couple of modern boss monsters as well as like just prime examples. I think uh, Ultimate Conductor Tyranno, as we, yeah, I think we huge. talked about it a bit before the podcast, yeah. is like is a perfect. Uh, if there's a quadrant of boss monster requirements, it has big attack. It's a big dinosaur. It wins you the game with its effect. And it also helps extend your game plan. Uh, mm. Is something that I think a lot of modern boss monsters have. Looking at like Shureg for Tri-Brigades. Looking at Shen Shen for Virtual Worlds. These kind of modern boss monsters also extend you. They also help your game plan out. Which is like kind of insane to think about. <laughs> yeah. I think what we find in now with more modern day boss monsters is they are slightly more fair or um i suppose dragoon would be the one that we could talk <laughs> yeah, about dragoon is but, here. but like something like a shurag or a shen shen like it, it is kind of uh, not so much shen shen but like shurag is like more of an engine card as well and and, and it is a big mm. boss but like it do, it's not super hard to get around it's not a towers st style boss monster and it does help close out games but it needs help with access code because like the most common thing is like you know the access code with the um shurag to end the game yeah. like that you know but it is still the archetypes boss monster and i feel like you're seeing this a little bit more now like um you i see on the list as well like golden lord like obviously the whole deck's built around him um he doesn't do you know, add, yeah he He's doesn't do like a no lot but like yeah. he does a lot yeah it's one of those so I, I'm, I'm finding that like the more modern boss monsters are slightly fairer like because i mean you look back to like masterpiece or um mm. towers at the time like they they were just unfair like they weren't fun an to interesting face. answer to a problem because we're at a point at Yu-Gi-Oh where removing a singular threat is so easy there's like a billion wing like ways to do it right mm. unless that monster is like can't be affected can't be tributed can't be battled over like you know once you get to that realm sure but for the most part i think only wrong miniad has that text <laughs> Yeah. But for the most part, boss monsters lose to a removal spell in which every deck has an access to... <laughs> access to? In their extra deck, provided they can afford it. Um, yeah. Or something like Shureg or, uh, you know, Virtual World have access to Fan Fan, which is like a banish effect. Every deck can out... Not, if not a Towers, then at least, you know, a uh, non-targetable, indestructible Dragoon, for example. And maybe that's just the way the format has developed. But I also think it's led itself to like 
a difficulty with boss monsters where they kind of have to make them engine pieces. They can't make them just cool boss monsters anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Shureg, by all accounts, should have more text, like more stuff to do. Um, but instead they just gave him a toolbox removal effect and a float because they know yep. it's not sticking around. I mean, yep. does that make you feel a little bit upset? Just because like um, so much of Yu-Gi-Oh's legacy is like these really awesome... I mean, so, you're a Cosmo player, right? Like, I am, you have to yeah. I, I, I did... To be honest, that's why I, I was drawn a little bit to the insect deck. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I like <laughs> the fact that it had its little towers. Like, it, it's, it's... It's got a little boss monster, yeah. But again, it had an... It, it's an engine piece. It's a huge engine piece. Like, you, you summon it, you pop off one of your cards to either, you know, continue on your players or, like, go for game. And I mm. do I do like it. It has a little bit of difference to it. Like, and... and uh, but then it's still, like, kind of a hard card to get around. Like, unless you are main decking something that just gets around it naturally. Um... But yeah, I, that, I feel like the one we can definitely talk about after Ruben goes through and sort of mentions his ones, um, we'll talk a lot about Dragoon and obviously the one that's yeah. coming up soon. Dragoon yeah. is to me like the ultimate example of mm. Konami trying to solve that problem. Like, well, how good do we have to make a card? How accessible do we have to make a card that people will actually play boss monsters the way they used to? Yeah. Um, but I think we can talk a little about how that's failed as well with Dragoon. Yeah. But yeah, Ruben, I you can go first I think on like, what you think is a quintessential boss monster. Like, I think in terms of boss monsters, like, based on, like, this little list that we've all kind of discussed, like, we've talked about a and seen. list. <laughs> yeah, not little, quite large, actually. I personally like to think of boss monsters that have seen time on, on the ban list or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. cards that have been released to such an extent that, you know, Konami has gone, okay, this one's a wee bit too good. This like, too good, you know, yeah. you think of cards like... You know, Dark Arm Dragon, you know, yep. uh, you know, I even said at the very beginning, cards like Goyo Guardian, Brionic and Trishula, like these mm-hmm. are just cards that were in aspect quite generic, you know, obviously Goyo being a very large yeah. criminal of that. You Krebons know, and a four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easy. Um, and then you even go forward like into like Xyz area, you see things like, you know, Shockmaster, you see things like. I think I even read like Abyss Gaios and Tiaramisu because, you know, you know, yes, they might be more archetypal, but, you know, Windups didn't mm. really have a boss monster. It was Shockmaster. Geysaris is like a good example yeah. of that too for Glad Beast. Like, not a boss monster, but definitely the boogeyman of the format. Like, something yeah. that people were just terrified. You just didn't want to get Geysaris. Like, it sucked. <laughs> I think another thing that I like one that's standing out to me as well like the vfd thing because i mean that that mm. card wasn't really used in its own archetype for like oh, well. it, it's it stayed yeah. around for so long before it became abused like and there are i don't know i can't really think of many others off the top of my head that are like that but like that is I a, mean, an example of like that. i think of cards like Shockmaster. i think of cards like ronga miniad like mm. these are you know it was a dicks boss monster it wasn't like the whole you know the like oh my combo ends on a ronga miniad and something else like the whole yeah. point of ronga miniad is that you made it so your opponent could not play the game yeah um i also wanted to discuss ronga miniad since you brought him up is yeah. this is this the be all end all boss monster like when you read the text on ronga miniad obviously with all the materials i think we can't go further than rongo right yeah, I I think so. Worst, like at full power. In terms of like what they can write on a Yu-Gi-Oh card, because Rongo, you can't summon, you can't battle you over. You can't it. normal or special, so you can't hide it. it. It's unaffected by card effects. It has three thousand attack, and it can wipe your opponent's board every turn. That's it, right? Like if anything gets stronger than that, the game is dead. Yeah. They print Dragoon two, and it's just. I think the text your opponent can't summon is probably. Similar to the VFD that you brought up, how it says your opponent can't activate monster effects or attack, I in, think it's like... In their position. It's like, such an incredibly crippling thing to add on the can't attack clause. Because I certainly know some decks that can, like, out a VFD, were they able to attack the turn that it is activated, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that um, Rungu Miniad, like, I, I, I was around back then. Um I remember it like came out and it, it took a while to take off, but like once it did, it, it was again like a kind of towers boss monster where you had to like stop it before it came out or it was too. Well, late. it was it was Master of Four with dangers that specifically, right? Well, off to the so races. Ronga Miniad was part of, I believe, Joe's so referring to, to like Clown Blade, and ah, I think but they no, just it was made it for like no. three or four, right? Yeah, Clown Blade, yeah. I they think just they made c- it for like a few materials. It was like a decent rank four. Yeah, so like it. it 
I think the most they could get into it was like they could get the four or five if you like, but you were already way behind at that point. But like, yeah. yeah. So what made Rongominiad the problem was the introduction of Bamboozle and Gossip Shadow because mm, okay, I wasn't there for that. Regularly, a regularly made Rongominiad and a regularly made Gossip Shadow provided Six materials. It with, no, 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 five, oh, five yeah. materials. So it didn't matter if your opponent, because you would make it going first, so there wasn't a, necess a necessity to destroy all cards your opponent controlled because they just literally could not special summon because it was moving on to their opponent's turn yeah. with four materials. It was past turn turbo. Like, it was literally, yeah. you actually can't do anything by, <laughs> yeah. essentially. It was horrible. And I think maybe that, that rings true, I think, mentioning how VFD was abused outside of its archetype. Mm. That a lot of the time, these boss monsters sit dormant in the realms of unplayability until something comes out and makes them broken. Like, mm. Virtual World really, really messed up VFD. Like, so bad. They could make three if they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and maybe that's a thing with boss monsters, too, is they have to, like, Balance. really limit how you access them. I suppose the other one I'm thinking of is, uh, it's a little bit different, but um, Herald of Perfection, like, obviously, yeah. what is a boss monster within its own archetype, but it's now being abused. It's meant to be hard to summon. Yeah. yeah. Especially Herald of, Herald of Ultimateness is a level 12 ritual. It's meant to be really hard to summon, and Drytron's just, <laughs> oh, I'll tribute one monster with my spell and summon it, is, you know, we overlook that that's kind of the most broken thing about Drytron, yeah. <laughs> is that specific card effect. Mm. Yeah, so th there is obviously like I, I I mean hopefully we haven't missed any other ones that that are like you know should have stood out to us, but there there are, and I'm sure there will be again in the future. A boss monster was printed so long ago that no one even thought about it, and they looked at it, <laughs> and then like just discounted it because they're like no Look, one man, will be able to summon that. There's and still then... time to discuss Paradise Smasher, okay? <laughs> Crooked Cook. There's still time to discuss Paradise Smasher. You know that card's just VFD. Have you ever read that card? No. I haven't actually. It's, it's roll a dice and your opponent rolls. Oh, you both roll two dice. The one with the highest roll can't activate monster effects or attack until the end of their next turn. And then if it, you detach a material when you roll a dice, one of your opponent's results immediately becomes a seven. <laughs> it's just I, VFD. I am waiting for like a really cool gambling deck to come out with like just heaps yeah, of dice. That's a definitely a mechanic that's oh, underutilized. Yeah, I guess like, uh, coin toss. Desperado was good in duelings. That was the only time cool. I ever remember a dice actually being used in the game was when Snipe Hunter came out. So, well, yeah, that like... new speedroid card that's like roll a dice and then summon a speedroid from deck with a level equal to or lower or something. It's really oh, silly. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. So, I guess, you know, moving on to. The modern day, I think, you know, when Lucas and I started playing our boss monsters, you know, they ranged from cards like, you know, Thunder Dragon, Colossus, and Titan, Dingyasu. Like, My boss monster went back in the day was uh, Elemental Hero Thunder Giant. I remember summoning that yeah. guy. <laughs> he was good. Me, a harpy queen. Um, so I think there are, you know, the modern boss monsters have definitely, you know, on this list, you know, they've definitely started becoming a lot more archetypal. Um, you know, we think of a modern day Tau as something like the Arrival Cybers at Ignista. Like that truly is a modern day Tower's card with upside because not only it also gets rid of cards. Um, and I think the introduction of Dragoon into the meta game, uh, you know, quite warping. Um, you know, it, it being banned in OCG is indicative of them having a very control based meta, which is what Dragoon thrives in is when monster uh, archetypes and decks uh, want to ver make really efficient one-for-one -one trades, and Dragoon just kind of nullifies the need to, you know, so, to care about one-for-one -one trades. Dragoon's kind of an interesting one, because it, it's a problem card that, um, if, if it comes up against the, like, for example, I've never had a problem with it, because I've played Shadol, and it gets around it pretty easily, for the most part. Like you either bait out the negate and take it with tactics, or you super poly it away. But like for a deck that obviously struggles around a dragoon, it's quite like accessible for like so many decks. But at the same time, it has the payoff that you need to run the two garnets. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a boss monster where like I I've toyed with playing with it before in Shadol, and every time I played it, I'll draw like a brick, and then I'm like, uh, you know. This deck already bricks already. I need to weigh this up. I'm probably not going to play it just because it's like 
not really needed either. Like I, I'm I'm happy enough with a window and a Mikaba or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean rather... having watched having watched Lucas play uh Invoke Dogmatica Shadow with Dragoon, nothing does hit quite as good as invocationing Dark Magician and Red Eyes. That's pretty fun. Yeah. But Dragoon exists now, I think, predominantly in our format as a fallback plan. And I guess that's why it's such a feel bad card, is that it's not really It's not the boss monster. No one wants to summon Dragoon. Every way you can summon Dragoon outside of Dark Magician exactly involves like wasting a ton of resources or playing bricks and garnets um to facilitate it like i think that the easiest cleanest deck that can summon it is virtual world and even there i don't like it because you you spend so many resources just to get out like this dragoon that's inevitably going to get droplets or tactics or just beaten over by some some big idiot yeah i guess that's why no one likes dragoon is that it can't be targeted, it can't be destroyed, it negates a card, and it pops cards on the field. Everything a good boss monster should do. But when it just shows up outside of its own deck all the time, uh, and you also see so many duelists kind of sacrificing or even giving up on learning their own deck because they can just summon a Dragoon and cheat out games with it, that it doesn't mm. feel ex exactly fun to play against. Whereas, like, today, when I was playing the multi-format tournament, which I played earlier, I played Xyz Infernity, fun as hell, um, when your opponent summons their boss monster in like an older format, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm so like excited to lose to this. You know what I mean? Like it's a weird, yeah. when you yeah, lose no, to like I, a I Cosmo card, you're like, I'm getting blown up by a Star Wars ship. This is dope. <laughs> yeah. And I think another thing with Jagoon that makes it the kind of problem, I guess that it is today, is cards like an Anaconda. It's a card that like lets you just get it when you shouldn't be able to get it like if that makes yeah. sense like you, you, didn't you shouldn't it. you don't earn that like you you just put two monsters on the board and you've got a free like boss monster essentially if your um, opponent summons a quasar they deserve to win oh yeah like, I'd almost without a doubt the especially if they summon three the like naibo <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, so i i i think that's why people have problems Wait, no, was that keza did that to naibo sorry i shouldn't miss that story up so what was the story uh, but, of naibo getting quasar triple times someone told us about it did keza do it Sorry, <laughs> I can't remember the story. No, I've heard things about it, but I'm not. I, I wouldn't be able to say yeah. what actually happened. I th there. there was a deck like seven years ago that could just summon Quasar, and that was yeah. the whole thing. And then hand traps became a thing. It just ended <laughs> well, Quasar's yeah. career. Yeah, was well, that another thing to talk about too? Like how hand trap meta and like kind of staples meta has impacted the kind of boss monster design because you can't just kind of put all your resources in one basket anymore. No. Mm. And, and I think it's important to recognize that, you know, uh, because a lot of the hand trap meta, you know, because hand traps and, you know, go second cards that interact with things, you know, they all are really heavily focused on, you know, making even trades, making even, you know, you know, efficient card advantage. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, you know, something like Apocryphal Towers, okay, it's amazing. It's affected by link monsters. Like, that's a huge... Yeah, impact. that like, is unfortunate. <laughs> and, you know, oh, something like, you know, uh, what is another really good example of something? Like, again, uh, you know, a Cosmo Dark Destroyer can't be targeted or destroyed. Really impactful. Uh, you can get over it. You can droplets to send. You can tactics to take yeah. control. And, you know, that kind of clause of, like, a can't target or be destroyed. Like, it, yes, it's really impactful, but I think that, you know, Go Second Staples were are so much better than than they ever were and i think even remembering when dragoon first got announced cards like droplets and tactics weren't revealed so mm. while everyone was bricking it because we were like oh my god we don't you know the only answer kaiju is you can't do anything to get rid of it. you have to kaiju or dark ruler you know very shortly after we did just see the announcement of forbidden droplets and triple tactics talent so but that's because like the, the thing with dragoon is that all these hand traps and staples exist to stop decks from doing, and you know what a deck does. Like when a Phantom Knight's player sits down, you know what the choke points are, you know what the impact points are, and you have to always have them in the back of your mind. They could also just summon two monsters and make Dragoon. And I think that's why it's such an annoying problem card. Because of all those going second staples and hand traps, it's like, oh, I did all that to stop your plays, and then you still made a Dragoon. Like, maybe, great. <laughs> maybe sucks. as well... That's why we're seeing a slight change in the boss monsters from Konami because of cards like Droplets and stuff. Like, you know, rather than having these massive boss monsters that are really hard to answer because now they're easy to answer, they are more focused towards, uh, and I know I'm bringing up Shireg again, but like they're, they're focusing more on, yeah, they're focusing more on just like cards that have different applications. Even the B Trooper one, like it has 
its boss monster towers effect, but that's not what makes that card good. It's the mm. fact it pops and gives you a free summon. Like that, that yeah. that's what makes it good. And uh, and I think I think that's probably why Konami have probably changed the way that they've looked at boss monsters and they've gone, hey, let's not make a boss monster that's just destined for the ban list after like a few months. Let's focus now on a boss monster mm. that isn't gonna be completely blown out by a droplets or whatever and 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 and, and is like part of an engine as well. So it's, yeah, it's maybe... like they want to make the format less going first, build twelve negates, win the game, next game. Uh, I'll go first, make seven negates, win the game, next game. Like we've yeah, seen a lot less of that. Seen those formats. We've seen those formats, and that's what Yu-Gi-Oh is kind of renowned for. And I think a lot of the old decks, like the ones playing Light and Darkness Dragon, like the ones playing Dolker and Lagia, were just kind of a race to that. Even Xyz Infinity, very much just like a race to to know. And mm. it's fun to do for sure. And there's counterplays. Um, and some of those decks historically were very fragile. So the, the trade-off was you have these incredible potential, but the investment has to be high. You can't side as many cards. You can't main deck as much interaction. And that was kind of like the downside. And I think what they realized when it went into like link format was you no longer, because your extra deck was like your entire playmaker zone, mm. you no longer had to commit too many main deck resources to getting those really oppressive boards. And there was so much room for like adding in extra things for going second, adding in extra things to tech against matchups. Like Zoo being able to just main kaijus and it, it basically didn't matter um, is a good example of that, right? And it takes away from the the fun and interactive part of Yu-Gi-Oh, which everyone memes on um, when they get full Drytron comboed. But I mean, Drytron in itself is like a fairly balanced deck um, and, in its limitations. And the boss and... monster in it is an old card as well, which is like... Yeah, yeah. and I guess the, the new monsters I was just gonna say are like well designed for a game that goes four and five turns. I think that's what they're trying to do, and where Dragoon just feels like this massive like screw up in a way, um, mm. where what they're trying to do is say, okay, the thing that you work towards is a lot easier now. We we can't make it hard to access. Zold literally can do anything. Um, yeah. So if Azold can just do anything, and we can just summon any difficult to summon monster, be it Zushin the Giant or Dystopia the Despondent, like, without even needing to main deck a particular number of, like, impactful cards. Maybe making boss monsters overall just a bit weaker, but they, they help with some kind of, like, interesting mm -hmm. strategy, uh, one, I think is, is the way to do it, right? One thing yes. I will say, and it will contradict myself completely here, but, like, <laughs> and you guys could probably talk about it a little bit more because I haven't looked into it too much, but, like, Konami now printing Phoenix Enforcer. Like, it's almost going into the dragoon sort of thing again um where it's a boss monster that's like not it will like almost war format but like it's not as strong as say like these older boss monsters like we have been talking about but it's still enough to like just almost be in every deck like it's pretty damn right strong <laughs> yeah, yeah well, trident I mean, that doesn't target it's yeah pretty exactly good. <laughs> yeah yeah you know the difference is is that uh, you can target phoenix enforcer you can destroy phoenix enforcer sure try. it's, it's yeah. got its effect but you know there are it has its own you know shortcomings in comparison to something like dragoon where i think something like destroy phoenix enforcer something like baroness de fleur that we have coming out on the horizon is that they want it to be they want to give modern players if that you know maybe their archetype isn't something that has the resilience of what you can see in the meta I think they want to give them something that they can have as a payoff. And I think that's where, you know, generic boss monsters or what we can, you know, quote unquote, like closes, inboard monsters. You know, these are cards that you can really easily access for, you know, a deck that might have that as a shortcoming. Hmm. I think what it has to be is that boss monsters need to fit within their deck. Mm. I think that's like Baroness kind of feels like fitting in Sword Soul. I know it's not a Sword Soul monster, but like aesthetically and thematically like a big synchro that does something you know it doesn't look out of place on their board yeah i hate seeing dragoon on a drytron board because it's it's a ritual deck you know like it just bugs me doesn't seem right, and maybe yeah. that's just a personal thing like uh, i don't like to see it phantom knights at least you know are themed around dark kind of evil monsters uh, i can make an exception for that deck just because it, it does thematically feel appropriate um but for the most, yeah, for the most part, I don't like seeing it pop up in every deck mm. and just be there. And and I'm kind yeah. of you know thinking the same thing about Phoenix Enforcer. Like, damn, it's a hero card. Like, <laughs> yeah, can't you let us just have it? Like, don't stop making Verte. And add into that, like, and you said it before, like a card like Dragoon, a card like Phoenix Enforcer is a card that like 
you're right. Like rather than playing the decks you actually built, you just go, oh yeah, I'll just make a dragoon and end. You know, like yeah, I think that's a huge plague right now. I think yeah. Drytron players are like just losing a lot of skill uh, because you should like if you're a Drytron player and someone interrupts your combo, I do believe you should lose. Like I do strongly believe. Maybe that's a little bit like purist, but you know, I, I think you should lose that game. You've lost your game plan. There is no the Drytron monsters suck <laughs> as monsters. Um, Pretty much and I think the fact deck. that people aren't taking that L that they're they're scrambling to try and win by making just the most generic, boring card possible is disappointing. Like, I think you should lose if your deck's plan fails. That should be how a game works. <laughs> Am I wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, not not if your opponent also bricks or plays badly around what you can accomplish. But for the most part, you know, losing to Dragoon doesn't feel like a skillful interaction. No. no. <laughs> just very, very candidly, no. It, it's, right, it's, yeah. it's, it's not it's skill. Not there is no skill to making. It's not hard to make. It's not hard to use. Generally, you can just look at the amount of cards your opponent has in their hand, which is usually like two or three after they've used a couple hand traps on you, and know that like if you just negate the first thing they do, you probably win. It's just yeah. that easy. And sorry to bring and up towers that. again, but like back then, like towers turbo, if you interrupted the play and you blew up the scales or you didn't let them do the pendulum summon, they lost. Like that, you interrupted the game plan of getting towers out. Exactly. They didn't have a follow-up. That's, that's really. the punishment for running such a good payoff. Even true yeah. Draco, like they have to be able to stick continuous spells and traps, which like, you know, Twin Twister was around. You could still counter it. Yeah. Um, not easy because all their spell traps killed you when they died. But yeah, and if the, again, like skill drain was very present in that meta, so if they didn't tribute over traps, you could just flip skill drain and make the masterpiece basically so actually, a, a thirty-two fifty. If you flip skill drain before they summon masterpiece, it's still affected by skill drain. Yes, fun fact. Mm. But yeah, so it's you know there's definitely you know there were counterplays to things like that, and the mm. existence of cards is really important. You know, you think of cards like you know. Battle Butler, you know, definitely Pranked's boss monster. Like, that's got no protection whatsoever. It's a quick effect destruction of monsters. But, you know, that's kind of it. Like, they, their play relies on a lot more. So, and it's skillful. Like, it's skillful to get to these end boards. It's skillful to achieve something that, you know, your opponent then has to kind of solve this puzzle of how do I get around these pieces of interaction. And default making Dragoon is... I don't think skillful. One thing I'd love to see go is protection effects on irrelevant monsters. I think it can go. Like, it makes sense for a card like Eldritch to gain a protection effect from his own effect. Like, it's kind of... Mm. It's interesting, and it's something that, like, comes up in the match. It's temporary. It's, like, genuinely quite interesting to play around. And the, I guess... The Dingyasu like, detaching Dingyasu to detach protect is interesting and something you can play around. I'm very sick of cards just saying can't be targeted. Why? Yeah. Like, cards should have some kind of thematic reason for not being able to be targeted. Like, why can't you target Dragoon? Because he's a powerful spellcaster? It doesn't make sense. He's just a guy. It makes sense that you can't target Invincible Atlas or destroy it because it's a big, stupid, giant bug robot. Like, yeah, you can't destroy that with card effects. Look at it. It's got a big shield. I don't know. Like, I hate that they stick it onto cards just as a balancing act, as opposed to something that's, like, promoting interesting gameplay. Because something fun about old format is that every removal tool in your deck is kind of an active removal tool mm. you know it's going to do something like when you draw forbidden chalice in old format you know it's going to negate something there's never a feeling of like oh they made the guy i can't target guess i'll not use this card in my hand it's a bad feeling mm. and that's why we saw uh even in towers turbo era like veilers and stuff just became pretty hopeless against Clifford. like he, he, yeah. he like well, things that target yeah, it already was but yeah <laughs> but like also the fact that they were just unaffected by anything below them but like that that was that was what mm. they were mm. um one thing we have kind of missed is there is like a third kind of boss monster and that's a floodgate boss monster um well, yeah and like we got i i ones that i remember would be like winder unicorn mm. dark law are the three that stand out yeah. to me those like, are the three kings i mean say. unicorn the industry when we were making this list like obviously like winder very powerful i wouldn't necessarily deem it the boss monster of shadol no. i always i always gave that title to construct but yes it was the payoff and you know shadol construct you know construct definitely facilitated i'd it. say now it's the boss monster weirdly it's yeah, kind of flipped it has flipped aged yeah. into it yeah yeah uh, but unicorn yeah was really interesting because it was tough for us to determine whether or not that's, you know, because it's got a really strong effect or because it was a victim of circumstance because Jin. of Jin. <laughs> it's... But Unicorn was good after Jin. It was still great. Unicorn, like, you could single-handedly, like, just turn off 
other decks. Mm. Like you, you, and not to mention you can protect the hell out of it with yeah. Trishula. Again, if a you... more interesting take on the targeting protection by using cards to make it unaffected yeah. as opposed I, to it just I remember, being unaffected. You know, for example, in the uh, Necroz versus Shadol matchup, if you just summoned a Unicorn and you had a Decisive Armor in hand, like they just couldn't get around it. Like no. yeah. they can't do anything. You're like, okay, um, yeah, sure. Like they like had the to... Spellbook format, like Jalgen Fate, Jalgen Fate. You know, yeah. out the yeah, Jalgen but... Fate. It's it's impossible. Like it's so hard. In a way, I it wasn't so much like because Jen obviously being in the first one that would almost be, it wasn't it really a boss a monster bit. but it was like a bit skewed but like in the following formats i definitely feel that unicorn was the boss monster of necros like it was the one I, you you ended on you protected you tried to like you know keep like that 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 that, that was but like it is a weird one and same with winder as well like winder wasn't so much a boss monster back then is now because special summoning is a huge thing yeah, and I guess, you know, rounding out that kind of Floodgate boss monster is, I think, the epitome of a Floodgate yeah. boss monster. Until very recently, I would say Colossus potentially overshadowed it. Mm. However, Dark Lore... Dark is still better than Colossus. Dark Lore is, and will always be, I think, one of the most insane card designs. And it, it I think it's balanced by the fact it's so restricted. It's so hard to you summon. You cannot <laughs> splash in Dark Claws. Well, you like, can. There is actually I mean, they, we did, they like, printed we did. a very specific card that does allow you to splash it, but with a huge cost. Yes. You neg three to summon one Dark Law. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. But Dark Law, uh, having the ability to basically macro your opponent, which is, in, which is <laughs> insane opponent, because yeah. macro is balanced by the fact it hits both players. And being able to hit cards out of the opponent's hand if they add anything from deck to hand is incredulous. And obviously, heroes have the ability to run multiple. So preventing, you know, targeted interruption, they go, great, well, I'll chalice it. And they go, okay, well, search effect. And you go, chain a mask change. Let's bring out a second one. What I like about, and you brought up the mask change thing, and I think Destiny Phoenix Enforcer, again, heroes' best cards, is similar in this regard. It it has protection in that you as the player can protect it. I really mm. like this effect with monsters. And Unicorn is a good example as well. And even uh, Shadol have a similar thing where you can kind of set up two fusion spells so that if you if your opponent outs the window, you can make another one. Um, mm. I really love boss monsters where protecting them feels like part of your gameplay experience. Yeah. Like in Heroes, sometimes you feel like you can overextend to get a second mask change so that you can artificially give your dark lord protection from mm. like one particular effect because you change the mass change the dark lord goes away the new one appears it's now a new card not affected by the card that your opponent used initially and again that's why i just would love to see konami get rid of targeting protection in general and just forego it for cards like phoenix enforcer that have like a play around like something you can chain but then maybe they chain to that and and there's more of an interesting interaction there than just yeah. haha my card can't be target <laughs> i guess i'm just Hopping on the same point. I hate it. I hate targeting protection. I think it's boring. I think it, it's kind of it, it is similar in a way where like it becomes a uh, it's much more of a mountain to get over, right? Like uh, it, it's it's like a gotta have it. You gotta have it or you lose, and it's it kind of goes against like free flow and Yu Gi Oh. In a, yes, it, yeah. yeah. I don't and, like and... drawing cards that don't do anything. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, yeah. It feels and... ter- terrible. Yeah, and I think. It, from memory as well, like with Dark Lord, it, it definitely has gone down the same route, uh, like as uh, your Dragoon and your Phoenix Enforcer, in the way that, like, when it first came out, I know it didn't take off that much, but the whole must must change too in BA, like making yeah. it in a, in a deck <laughs> where you shouldn't be able to be making it in. Like, it, it yeah, was... I mean, we saw must change two in Thunder Dragon, must change two in Orcist, and yeah. again, notably, OCG only have one. There like... was a topping YCS list with with must change two for Orcist. Yeah. Any deck that could abuse discards, pretty much. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big shame, because, like, I would like to see Dragoon in a Dark Magician, Dark Black, Red Eyes deck, where it, it was just an insane monster that you can get out really easily, but very limited to that deck only. Like, that would be cool. I would, I'd like to see more of that, and it is a shame that there are cards like, you know, I would love Destiny Hero, um, you know, the Phoenix Enforcer, to be in a destiny hero deck making that deck 
really good. Like, and not not being splashed in everything and making all these other decks better than the Destiny Hero deck. You know, I I want them to make them. We're gonna put that to the test more when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play Heroes. Oh, I think, I, think Heroes, I, I, I think Heroes. I think Heroes will be good. Still good. <laughs> I think it will oh. still be good. Don't get me wrong, but I just want them to print maybe a little bit more specifically towards each archetype. Like I I, I like having the battle of the archetype bosses. Right. I don't the like. The thing is, they have them. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, have. I mean, like, we, yeah. like we're looking at like you know boss monsters that are yet to come out, and you know, Burst of Destiny. You have the level ten Sword Soul Synchro. You have the yeah. Evil Twin Link Four. Like they're giving these decks some really incredible payoffs in terms of like boss monsters, like, Evil Twins especially. Like the whole point of that deck was it was like oh I have to you know twin twin or like twin reborn twin reborn end on Link Toe. And you've just cycled through three extra deck monsters to essentially set up for your opponent's turn. Whereas like now you have something like the Link 4 Trouble Sunny that just gives that deck a payoff. And I think, you know, previously, you know, that was a deck that didn't have a payoff. You think of Insects, they didn't have a payoff. Mm. You know, Infernal Knights didn't really have a payoff until, you know, Charles came out. Like there's so many things. Like if you go through our little list of history, like... Mm types yeah. attributes dinosaurs again uct there wasn't a payoff for dinosaurs until until ultimate conductor not one so, the dinosaurs played yeah not one the dinosaurs <laughs> played and, i mean no, and they, i think it's important to recognize that you know that they are giving uh you know dicks that people know and love a really good way to end it's not just a mm. matter of going oh well you know your dick's pretty good but just splash in this and you'll be fine yeah, I mean, I'll hold my hands up there and say that I, I was probably a little bit wrong. Like, I feel like, you, you, yeah, you're right. Like, they have focused a little bit more on these older strategies, and, like, it is really cool to see them, um, you know, bring out these new boss monsters for them. Uh, I think the point I guess I was making was that I don't... I, I just don't really enjoy the whole Dragoon being splashed everywhere. Like, I, I, no, I don't no. like these boss monsters that are splashed in, just in every deck. Like, I'd rather... No, the worst? Yeah. The worst format was Secret Slayer's format. Like, what was the Ad Emancipator monster on the Ad Emancipator end board? Like, find it for Dragite. Me. I it, didn't end was, on Dragite. Yeah. It was oh, it was better to hold it, so you could use it next turn and win with it, right? You, yeah, want, you didn't want to risk like, it getting outed. So, like, it was Borrowed Savage yeah. Herald, maybe a Buster Lock, IP Block Dragon. Oh, every game was Abyss Dweller, Borrowed yeah. Savage Dragon, Appaloosa for four, uh, IP Mascarena, Block uh, Dragon. Block Dragon, Herald of Arclight. That was the, and the Buster Lock established. It's like, Yikes. where's the Adamant Spider card? It was the worst format. And I think it was the worst format because it really indicated that, like, there was nothing worth going into in its own archetype. And I think yeah. that's always when Yu Gi Oh's at its worst, is when it's just a parade of, like, broken, pushed, generic cards that everyone's, like, playing. I think that's why everyone's already bored of Sword Soul. It's like, it's, it's kind of just Baroness Turbo. Like, it's, it's Baroness, Destiny, Phoenix, Enforcer Turbo. Enjoy. That's uh, boring as hell. I'd much rather summon, you know, virtual world monsters because <laughs> they're cool. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I, I love it when there's an archetype that just has like, you know, it uses all its own monsters. And, and I guess that could almost be a whole complete another podcast, yeah. but just talking about how like these modern decks are constructed. Like I, I way prefer always playing with ones that have um, just like so many archetypes that, uh, you know, for example, Despia, uh, for me, like, I, I, I would prefer to play it in a more pure version. Obviously, I can't at the moment because there's just not enough cards for it. Um, but mm. I like it when you can just play these decks in a pure version and end on mm. the payoff, which is their own boss monster. I feel like that like, is maybe, really rewarding. Maybe I'm a sicko, but, like, perfect Yu-Gi-Oh to me would be, like, Metal Foes Mirrors. Like, two <laughs> decks that really don't do a ton just trying to outgrind and outvalue each other. Like, I love those matches. Pure Shadol mirrors as yeah, well. Yeah, like mirrors are massive, yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing like Yu-Gi-Oh! because it's all about push and pull, resource acquisition, you know, denying your opponent's resources. Neither player can really establish a board the other person can't deal with. And, mm. and you just have to make so many interesting decisions. I think that's, again, why old format Yu-Gi-Oh! is more interesting too. Is like, there mm. are way more opportunities to just win because, you know, you manage to, like set up a defense position monster that your opponent couldn't out like it's it's fun when that's like the yeah. actual deciding factor mm. you, you can just imagine like a shadolma back in the day with like a dragoon in there and like if someone just you could like just win by summoning a dragoon and if they didn't yeah, have no, the, just, the time just, just oh cool okay i'm done like you know like yeah. 
it, it would just yeah. be really counter kind of easy. And I've had a lot of games go that way where it's like an interesting back and forth, interesting back and forth. And then, oh, I drew I, I guess I win against the Sky Striker player. Oh, yeah. Not a boss monster, but a similar feeling of just like, well, all that interesting stuff didn't matter because I just got the card before you did. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I think a final note I'd like to touch on and maybe potentially to wrap up is like, what do you want from what, what maybe, what's a deck that is yet to receive something that's, a good that's question, like a yeah. boss monster? Oh, yeah. Something that, you know, we have that's been around for quite a while. Maybe something that's maybe fallen out of the favor, had its time in the light until that's a good -ass question. for so long. Um, mm. That is maybe yet to receive something. Because, I mean, we've already seen in Battles of Chaos, you know, cards like Ghost Trick getting something really unique. Cards like yeah. Vampires getting something really unique. Yeah, Vampires just got a boss monster. Yeah. Swag. And, you know, that's something that I don't think a lot of people expected. I guess, is there anything that you would like to see from an archetype past or present that should that could potentially get like a really unique boss monster that works with their style uh, it's a really good question because like <laughs> it, it's really hard to like think back to all of these like different old archetypes to think about like what one was missing the boss monster um or maybe maybe not so much missing but maybe like an updated an updated like, yeah, like they never yeah. they never were able to well, do their own thing. or maybe like it's a, they had a boss monster but it's been like lost to time like you think of you know zombies having you know now they've got baladrock when they didn't really yeah. have like payoffs and that's not you know, baladrock isn't a you know, doom king isn't an archetype but baladrock is a zombie monster like yeah yeah i think maybe like more i know there is the new synchro stuff coming out but like uh maybe along i know stardust and things like that have like some cool boss monsters but i just want to see something crazy for like that sort of archetype like a quasar-esque kind of like it's, big boss yeah it's, like, it's tough because they've been giving a lot of decks that needed them yeah boss monsters. Given them, i mean yeah. like yeah i mean cool old decks that i think could use like updated play styles that are like still technically playable i guess things like skull servants are a pretty cool one Mm. Um, obviously, like a lot of the DM archetypes that just never really got it's, off the ground. Quacky Maru is kind of sick. Well, Karibo is kind of sick. Well, we're getting yeah. Curry Babylon. Like, yeah, that's a... Flying Fortress Skyfire retrain. <laughs> yeah, that's for MBT. And um, I actually, I, I know. What would you pick, Robin? Did you have an idea when you asked this question? I mean, I, like, we, I'm just looking at the shelf. I think an updated Apocryphal Towers would be really interesting. That is, yeah, that like, would be yeah. nice to see. Like, one that works. Like, Towers an updated too. Dark Destroyer, you know, something that, you know, they, they modify the ships, they update them to a more, you know, active something. I would love to see, yeah, I think a modern Towers, a modern Dark Destroyer. I think there's, you know, a lot I... of potential. Thinking about it now, uh, we had we talked about it in a previous podcast too about a deck that we wanted to see with new support with Satellon Knights. I know they have Diamond and stuff, yeah, but maybe they could get some kind of cool anti-link boss monster or something along those okay. lines where, you know, they could have an XZs which like because obviously I feel like XZs is not really in the format at the moment. Like it's used a little bit, but like maybe mm. you know if we saw a Satellon Knight boss monster which turns off. Or is it more of a floodgate against the other summoner mechanics? I don't know. This is just I got, me I got three well. decks that I would love. I've just been thinking about it for the last couple of minutes. Three decks I would love, 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 love to get like a sick boss monster. Uh, one of them is Time Thieves. I think they need mm -hmm. their live twin link for. Yeah, I think they need a card. They got double barrel and goes from the past. It's not enough. They need they like really a really enough, good yeah. payoff for getting both Perpetua and Reader on the field. Um, which is easy for the deck to do, but obviously that lock is like not particularly strong. It's better to just go into like, you know, silly rank four setups like back when Kali Yuga was like a, a doable combo in that deck. I would love yeah. to see Time Thieves just get like a huge payoff for actually maybe like an F Zero esque kind of yeah, yeah. maybe like yeah. a card that and maybe a card that's like requires both of them as materials. Like that would be yeah. to me like a fun inclusion. Or like yeah, Time Thieves still XZ. still splashable because so like, like, you can just make them generically. But yeah, not worth rather, it in most rather than taking one off the top of the deck like um, Redo does, like you could like literally just suck up people's cards. Like I don't know something yeah, along maybe. those lines. Yeah. Um, the other one I would really love to see get an archetypal boss monster update is Raid Raptor. <laughs> I think Raid Raptor is yeah. a super sick deck, and Ultimate Falcon is way, way too weak now. Like, it's not a payoff. And they have so many cool tech, like, options, and a couple of them just lock you in too early to make it, like, a viable deck. Um, mm -hmm. In today's format, like, you just have to run, like, the generically good ones. I would love to see that deck get a good boss monster. But I think of every deck that I love, uh, I think DDD is the best example of a deck that needs a killer boss monster. 
That deck is like one killer boss monster away from being good. Yeah, it's called, it's called Electromite. Yeah. No, because like the <laughs> going, best, like yeah, going down the they raid raptor line monsters. as well. Sorry, I, yeah. I would say Black Wings as well could do. With yeah, Black Wings could use a cool really one. good example. All the I decks was... that just got towers. Yeah, really. Something. Yeah, that, I think yeah. I was looking at one more in our little stash. I think um, it was funny. It was another wing beast archetype for sure, or something. I think. Uh, uh, it's lost. I'll, I'll yeah. remember it sooner. The or reason later. I want DDDs to have a boss monster is because right now their only access to a monster negate is Crystal Wing. Um, mm. And they have a bunch of spell trap negation and they have Kaliuga, which is a strong card they can barely abuse. And like, it feels like they've got all these little pieces of like a really good deck that just absolutely fumbles at the landing because it's quite consistent as well. And their best yeah. consistency tool locks them into DDs, like the, the Link 2 is so yeah. awesome, but it locks you into DDs so you lack the ability to put up a monster negate or any kind of like meaningful quick effect um interaction i, I, I would love a boss monster that like had a good effect and they also maybe let you cycle through um dd monsters you've already summoned i, I don't know I'm just also yeah no you're right but there's also like a lot of those archetypes that are brought out in the deck building sets like um arrow mages is one that stands out to me that kind of <laughs> yeah didn't really like do anything but it, it, have it, you ever it, played it, duel links i don't want to play against arrow mage ever again <laughs> oh no it's horrible but like i don't it's horrible. but there, there are like so many like decks yeah, where yeah. they like one they for me that them. Is coming out in the next. I think it comes out in the next set, but the Magistus boss, where yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, like the, the, they need to do more of those. I think for those decks that are like mm. kind of are forgotten about, like they, it would be cool to see them like just come out of nowhere. Yeah, and because like, I mean we can see they're looking at things like Ghost Trick, things like you know Nordic. They're not forgetting armor no, types, which is awesome. And I think it'd be cool to see a modern update to uh, yeah. some things that you know some fan favorites that you know like people saw with ghost trick like with nordic just like wow that that was actually on the that was on the development table for the longest time and here it is mm. so dvds should have gotten dragoon that's like what they should have gotten <laughs> like it actually thematically matches the deck like god damn yeah i'd have to be I, dark magician <laughs> you gotta like credit konami for that as well because it shows that they at least care like about these really old archetypes it, it takes a long time for them to remember it sometimes but like <laughs> at least they like readdress it and that's something you'll never see in another card game but, because no. of the rotations and stuff like you you, you it is unique to Yu-Gi-Oh and, and it... I love the way they do it. I love the way they drop Ghost Trick support with no announcement. Like Yeah. Yeah. That's so like, like, it's support by. like it's just like it just feels like it comes out of nowhere everyone's like Ghost Trick. Yeah, okay, Ghost Tricks. Sick. Like and I know we, no one was we... asking for it, but we're all happy we got it. Would it be a podcast without bringing up Designator like it, it's the same sort of thing like cross out like it, it just got dropped. Like and it, yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. I think it's well, cool. and again, it's kind like, of fun. That's a great. That's you know, speaking of Dark Dragoon, it is a fusion of Nobleman of Crossout and DD Designator. So yeah, like talk about you know really cool unique card combinations that I think I would like to see more of, and maybe you know they can incorporate that into future archetypes boss monsters for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think there's lots of boss monsters for me as well that I'm looking forward to. Like I, I am really looking forward to the Magistus one. I've, I've built that deck just for fun, and and. And yeah, I, I feel like at least when you give a deck a payoff, even if it's not, you know, tier one, it gives you a bit of satisfaction when you actually put off the win with the boss monster. And, and, mm. and yeah, I, I like I like the idea of boss monsters. I think they'll stay around for a long time. Mm. We'll see them change a bit. Uh, we'll see them, like, hopefully see some old style ones come back maybe at some point. But yeah, I, I, I think it's been... Yeah, it's good. such a tough balance because you want to feel good losing against it because it's such a cool thing. Like, if, if anyone beats me with, like, Super Quantal Mech King Magnus, I'm going to be sick. I, I'm, like, so happy about it, because I'm like, damn, I really lost to King Magnus, right? Yeah. And I think that's, like, the important thing going forward. Like, cards that have gone down in history as just despised, cards like Dark Arm Dragon, you know, cards like Winder, like, cards that just have kind of, like, people have a certain negative attachment to due to, like, how they win the game, or how, like, um, easy it is for them to kind of, like, lock you out of playing. Uh, compared to cards like, you know, King Magnus, Shureg, like cards that are more kind of fun and, and interesting to play around. Yeah. You know, exactly. I think that's the balance that Konami has to strike, that it has to be fun to summon your guy, make it not feel like a waste of time uh, and not feel like you get nothing for it. But they can't make it so oppressive and so one-sided that like no one enjoys playing against it.
I think that pretty much wraps up Boss Monsters. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Boss Monsters. All right. <laughs> Past, present, and here's to some really nice Boss Monsters in the future. Here's to some expensive cards that you have to buy <laughs> in yeah. the future. Have you got, have you got your ulti dasher yet? Oh, yeah. I don't. No, there's a duelist pack five common in the mail. It's yeah. a pending until post cross out purchase. The cope is that I won't I won't play Dasher in Heroes. <laughs> That's the cope. <laughs> it doesn't have to touch my my beautiful boys. And, um, and two girls. As well, aren't you? Uh yeah, but I mean <laughs> yeah. talk about I'm gonna talk to buy to a Max Rarity Infernity after today, so we can slow down on on Telenites for a minute. Anyway, I have been your host, Lucas. I'm Ruben. And I'm Joe. And, and you have been, been listening, listening to, to The Face Downs. Down.